Yeah, we're on. It starts. It starts when it starts. There's it no starts when there. it starts. It's starting now. Today. Today's a special day here at the Content Tower. I'm here with Mordecai Rubenstein, the legend. This is Corporate Lunch, episode 26. That's a big deal, Mordecai. What's up? 26. Uh, 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 two dimes, a nickel, and a penny. That's right. You guys are all about the change. Let's go. I'm Noah Johnson, GQ's very own. Will Welch is uh, abroad, handling business, keeping the lights on. I don't know what he's doing. He'll be back. I was just about to say where. I don't know. Abroad. I can't tell. It's secret. Mission. Sam Hines the only one that knows, and he'll never tell anybody. Mordecai. Old w- friend of the brand, new friend of the podcast. You're not a big podcast guy, I understand. I found the purple icon because of your domestic partner. I asked her how it all works, and she showed it to me. I thought it cost money because I don't have Apple Beats for that reason. I haven't listened to the show with Ezra or whatever. But I do- I put I put podcast this morning, yeah. and I put in GQ style, and it came up. I took screenshots of the steps. I could maybe share it as well. <laughs> and found out half found out halfway through this morning, Sarah tells me you could download it listed on the way. But I'm six minutes away from the end. I heard most of the 13. So what's your, you came with some notes. What were some of the takeaways? We don't have to go through all of it, but I, I know I you came curious. in hot with some. No, I, I'm so curious. The t-shirt, you know, the I, t-shirt episode got people riled up. Riled up. I'm wearing a tee. I yep. think I work in men's fashion. I don't know what I do, but 42 years old, I say <clears> all men get dressed. What does get dressed mean? It means wearing a shirt. What's a shirt? A shirt is a collar. You know, it could be a polo, which gentlemen call a tee, yeah. but I call it a polo. Uh, we're three guys, and you work at Condé Nast Corporate Job, the Tower, you know, Vogue and all that. Yeah, GQ, oh, it's all right around. here. Yeah, right here. And and you're not in uh, you're not in shirts. We're not dressed up. Mordecai, yeah. you're I disappointed. I wouldn't even say dressed. Forget you up. wore a blazer. You were. I what, wore a blazer. What are you wearing? I'm wearing a green Masters blazer because right. I'm a champion, uh-huh. and champions can wear it all year and through the tournament, not just on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm wearing a T-shirt <laughs> with it because I'm trying to dress like the kids, the fellas, the men yeah. of today. Yeah. I never thought I'd wear a T-shirt with a blazer because it's very like, I don't want to say uh, the, the, the rock stars' names or whatever, but like a man wears a shirt to work every day or shirt, and we don't wear shirts anymore. We're just getting roasted right now for no, wearing T-shirts like at work. I like it. Some men get dressed. That's one of your sayings. What is that? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? It means, uh, well, in this room, it means, it, well, it always means the same thing. When you get off the train around here and you see the trench coat with the Prince of Wales plaid with a polka dot tie with, with wingtips or hard bottoms, you say some men get dressed. Yeah. He's not going to a wedding or a function. Yeah. He's going to work, yeah. to sit at a desk or deliver papers or whatever he's doing. He, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's getting dressed. You know, we wear baggies with T-shirts with chacos and we, and we say that we're getting dressed i don't say that we're not getting dressed we're getting dressed up uh, but maybe to look a it's little different you know comical mordecai rubenstein most of you know him as mr mort the uh highly influential very much out here street photographer he probably hates that description but it's true I love it uh there are few true legends in the menswear game you are one of them you you've been out here longer and seen more sides of the business uh behind the scenes in front of the scenes around the scenes more than most people could ever even dream of um you were with me almost backstage watching the tom ford underwear show 
<laughs> was that a highlight? Would you consider that a highlight Definitely. of your illustrious career? Yeah. I mean, I've been in Milan, Paris, Fashion Weeks, BS, whatever, and I'm not an editor like you guys. I don't get the real invites, you know, so sometimes I'm outside with the street yeah, style Yeah, you are everywhere. But Mobilaji, I would, he, he would sneak me into shows in Milan, and I felt like a real royal. You know, you are a royal. Some men get dressed. Some men make podcasts. Some men get dressed and come on to podcasts and talk about clothes. That's what we're going to do here today. So you go way back on on these streets. You used to sell ties in Soho, right on a table. True story. Is that true? Yep. Wait, when was that? Were the kids still lining up in Supreme on Thursdays in those days? I, I don't know, but they lined up for my ties. <laughs> Andy Spade was so cool that then a couple days before Father's Day, I went on a lunch break to a Hasidic tie factory on 38th Street that was going out of business. The guy was l- reclining in his chair, snoozing and in broken Yiddish. I tried bargaining with him to buy every tie he had, and there were <laughs> rooms, rooms full of ties from the 50s and 60s with no labels on them, and I bought a ton of them. I should have bought them all, and Andy said, Let make a label. Let's sell them for Father's Day with you outside. We'll bring a desk outside blinds behind you water cooler phone like an office that we brought to the street behind the uh, the desk we put blinds and behind the blinds we put like a parking lot poster amazing so it should really look like the outside i put a cider not a beer in a paper bag i put my feet up like this (laughs) and i and i and i went to sell ties and we made it made a label called mr mort and um and the streets have been your office ever since yeah the ties i'm similar to ralph lipschitz I'm a tie salesman. <laughs> I, I started as a tie salesman. <laughs> That's very true. You and you and Ralph have a lot in common, I bet. Well, I'm not a Jew from the Bronx, but I'm a Jew. <laughs> what and then so when did you when did you know that clothes were gonna be the thing that you would dedicate your life to uh celebrating? Always? Is that always the thing? Yep. I, don't I remember know. when I was a little kid. I'd, uh, this was a story I was going to tell in the t-shirt episode, but I didn't. One of my first memories is for it's some reason. It's always the t-shirt episode. For some, I know it is. For some reason, I opened up my t-shirt drawer. I'm, I was uh, maybe like four or five years old, and I put all my t-shirts on. <laughs> I, I don't know how many I had, maybe just like eight. I remember this Spider-Man tee I loved, and that went on last. And I don't know why the hell I did that or what compelled me, but I was just into it. I liked the way it felt. I liked the way it looked. I was just like a little kid playing around, but I feel like, that was like the beginning of me just kind of being obsessed. And now, as everyone knows publicly, because I discussed it, I have a real problem. When I was a kid, maybe around the same age, eight, nine, ten, my mother had a second job, and she worked at a neighborhood haberdashery. Um, in the where North, where in the was North. this? This was in Baltimore, Maryland. I, uh-huh. A lot of people don't know, but I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. That's why I think I'm all white styles playing golf. <laughs> and I grew up in Baltimore, You're a Maryland. real wasp at heart. Exactly. And I, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, in a uh, ultra-Orthodox community, in a Hasidic family, in a very uh, mixed neighborhood, you know, um, and, uh, you know, Jews, non-Jews, very hood in Baltimore. And there was a, a lot of the stores there were in basements of people's houses, totally illegal shops. And this one was a bar mitzvah store called, I shouldn't say it, but it's the family's last name. No, but heck, Juravels. Oh, heck. <laughs> and they sold white-on-white silver streaks, white-on-white Dior's that came with cufflinks and that said Dior. And uh, maybe John Henry was the lowest end of the white with not white-on-white. And a couple brands of bar mitzvah suits and fedoras for bar mitzvah boys and, and men. You wear a, you know, growing up Orthodox Jewish, you wear a black fedora from the time you're 12 and 9 months because you have sort of three months to train into it. Uh-huh. 13, you become a man. 
and then every day, three times a day for prayers and Sabbath and holidays, you always wear the black fedora. And my mother would sell hats, and I would play in the stock room. I don't remember trying them on or anything, but I think that had a little bit to do with it. You were around the stuff. You yeah, saw it. all day. And you understood that some were of better quality than others or that some were special and that those things were interesting. Yeah, and then when you have your bar mitzvah and your parents don't have a lot of money like mine at the time, um, you know, you want a Borsalino because that's what the cool kids had, but I got a Stetson, which I should not be complaining because there was Schiparelli mm-hmm. and there were other ones that were a lot less expensive. And I took care of that Stetson. And at 13, you know, you were wearing, I always thought like Orthodox Jewish kids, like, yeah, a lot of them are <laughs> straight up schlump messes, but my parents <laughs> took good care of me. I never had the runny nose. My shirt was always tucked. And on Friday night, when you get home from from synagogue and before dinner, I would take the, the pants, trousers, and, and on the crease, make sure they're exactly on the hanger the same way. And mm-hmm. always put the jacket, because if my mother saw my jacket on the back of the dining room chair, she told me it would ruin the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I think she just wanted to keep the house clean. And I, and I hung it <laughs> back on the hanger. And I think that has a lot to do with how I love to, take, to care for clothes. But uh, Was that your sort of schooling and the more, the, more, uh, the intricacies of proper menswear, suiting, so. and, and no, more you, traditional clothing? It's true. You learn yeah. how to care for things. You know, you don't... You, you're, it's not that my parents didn't give me 30 shirts. It's the point of keeping it nice and white and clean. You know, when I went away to Yeshiva eventually and I noticed there was Perielis Gold and Perielis America <laughs> and all these other brands you could get, I would go to Marshalls and TJ Maxx and then Sims and get the uh, irregulars of those. But they would do, the kids would get, get them dry cleaned and get extra heavy starch, <laughs> which ruins clothes. Don't ever starch your shirts. And they would do something called a titty twister. They would walk up to a synagogue uh, and grab it yeah. and go like this. And you'd have a windmill They'd on your brand new yeah. starch shirt. So <laughs> bad for your clothes. So then when did you look. start? When did you break from the tradition a little bit of the... Break the, free from the chains. Yeah, what happened? Someday, someday How'd that go? Make you want to turn around and say goodbye. <laughs> this is not karaoke. When I was... If there's a microphone in front of me, I will sing. God, You're welcome to up. sing. Um, this is really good quality because I don't hear myself... In a bad. That's why I don't like the headphones because you hear yourself. But this is in no way for this. This is real. Janky. This is the uh, content tower, top of the line. It doesn't equipment. say on air. No, we need an on air sign. But I can't see Sam, which is smart. Because if I saw him, I'd be so dis- distracted. So uh, <sighs> breaking free. We know, don't have to do the full life story here, by no, the way. You know, I want to shut up. I want to get no. This I, you say whatever you want. No, but it's you know some people. Ask, you didn't say it, but some people are like, oh, you're the black sheep, which I'm not. Some people say, oh, when did you leave the community? In my eyes, if I close them. I'm still a Hasidic Jew with a beard and a, and a black hat that I never changed. Yeah, my colors are a little purple here and there. <laughs> but I still think that I'm an Orthodox Jew, even between me, you, and the lamppost. I'm not. Today's Passover I should be in synagogue and not on a fucking radio. And I, I, had, uh, <laughs> I had chametz. I had chametz today. On the record, I had a bagel. All right. It's the worst thing. You're going to hell for it. But hey, here I am. Well, appreciate you coming on despite despite the fact that why well, already had the bagel. So I, what could be worse? Yeah, that's right. Right, the bagel was, was the downfall, not the podcast. When did you start uh, taking a camera around the city and taking pictures of people? That was the other thing I forgot to mention. My mother told me, and she tells me tales, that when she was pregnant with me, she had a subscription to Photography Today, mm-hmm. and she was super interested in photography. So she thinks that's why I'm a photographer. I have to tell her all the time, I'm not a photographer, even though some people say, don't say that. Why do you say that? Because I'm not trained as a photographer. I shoot automatic. I point and shoot. I miss shots all the time. I I just want to document. Photographers do that, too. (sighs) You're a documentarian. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, So I was working at Jack Spade in retail, and... Uh, I, the Kate Spade girls waltz, waltzed over because they were our bosses, and they said, "Here's a it was a it was an elf, a Canon elf." And they were like, "Here, this is for 
inventory. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I made that noise. And I went on a lunch break and came back hours later. Um, eyes were probably red. And I was, taking a, <laughs> I was taking a bunch of pictures. I started shooting every single delivery guy. There was a guy that wore British Knights with a tie um, with jeans. He could wear a polo, a T-shirt, a dress shirt. He always wore a tie. And he was delivering from Spring Deli, which is no longer around. And I, So every, you were the beauty pictures. in the everyday uniform thing started early on. That was from oh, the very beginning. Yes. I was shooting a lot of graffiti yeah. and graffiti artists. I was running with a couple artists at, to a parties at night, and I would shoot when they would get a little tipsy, and I would follow them and shoot them. But I got bored of the graffiti once the city was getting really clean and the Espos and the UFOs and a lot was disappearing. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was definitely more characters. What years My was flicker. This was late 90s or? I have no idea. 91, <laughs> 92, 93, yeah. early 90s? Yeah. I have no I have no concept of time. My birthday Sunday. <laughs> Happy I'm birthday. I'm 16, going on 90. <laughs> yeah, so it was around then. I got the camera. I started a Flickr account, and this girl at, at, at um, Jack's Babe was like, you need a blog. And I was like, what? And she's like, take all your pictures from Flickr, and just put them on this format. And she did it for me. She swept them all on there. I still have thousands of photos on Flickr that I don't know how to switch over. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, I separated it. And as then like that was, and then you started Mr. Moore? And then, yeah, when I made the ties, this label, just for the record, Stan Herman, who's part of the CFDA, nobody knows who he is, nobody cares, I do, had a brand called Mr. Mort, Mr. Mort, Mr. Mort. Hmm. Um, and it was women's loungewear. He was responsible for Avis Rent-A-Car, Hardee's, a bunch of uniforms. He was the first one to put a dress with trousers underneath, I believe. And I loved the old Vogue ads that said, Meet Mr. Mort. It was a woman on a tailored thing, pedestal, whatever, with him on the ground with a tape measure, and it was so elegant. And I took, I took the MR, and my friend, who's an artist, he, he made MR, M-I-S-T-E-R, because he didn't want to rip it off directly. <laughs> I tried contacting Stan Herman a bunch of times. Yeah. He was speaking with Donna Karen about saving the garment district outside where the Jew is on the sewing machine by 1411 Broadway, where Levi's is and yep. Jay-Z's thing. But garment industry's dead. No one 40, gives a 40 shit. Club? Yeah, nobody. No, that was on the corner of Jack Spade. Oh. Or Kate Spade, 25th and 5th. This was 1411 Broadway and 40th. Uh-huh. Um, but you could hear a pin drop in that industry right now. The, the, the sculpture's still there of the Jew at the sewing machine. But nobody showed up to the rally. I found Stan Herman there. I said, I want to start a brand called Mr. Moore. He's like, okay, what do you want from me? I said, you're, you're blessing. Like, I don't want to rip it off. Uh-huh. He, he looked at me like I was You just crazy found the guy out there on the street and yeah. asked him this? Well, I knew what he looked like. Yeah. Yeah, Stan Herman. Um, and what did he say? He said, I don't care what you do? Yeah, and I did a lot of research. <laughs> it was so bankrupt and so whatever. And I still, to this day, if you want to rip me off, you can because I never OR'd it or trademarked or whatever. But I changed MR to M-I-S-T-E-R, made a label for ties, and uh, started the blog. And if, yeah. if friends of the pod see you on the street, it's Mordecai, not Mort, yes. right? Yeah, dude, s- setting the record straight, I like that you said that. I've never had a nickname. One time, 13, a kid called my house, my, I said Morty there. My mother said, there's no Morty, there's a Mordecai, and hung up on him. <laughs> I cried, I was so miserable. So I've gone by Morty, because in Yeshiva, there were a bunch of Mordecais in the same class, and, I, and one kid bigger than me was like, pick it. What is, what's it going to be? And Morty, and I'm like, okay, cool. So I never had a nickname. So people that don't know me are like, yo, Mort, some of my best friends now call me Mort, which is so strange to me, but I can't stand when a stranger in the street says, yo, Mort, like he knows me. And these days with the internet, not you guys, people are like, yo, Johnson, Hein, Rubenstein. <laughs> it's cute because it's kind of like, you don't like hombre, yeah. you know, like we all grew up together, but yeah. it's weird to me because I'm super old school when you don't know somebody, not to give them a nickname. But I call myself Mr. Mort, so I can't fuck around. So I will try to be nice if I see people on the street. <laughs> so you started shooting these photos. You started putting them on on blog. And eventually, 
uh, low-key, maybe you're not a photographer, maybe you're not a fashion insider, but you did become one of the most sort of influential voices out there uh, uh, creating these images. Like, was there a turning point for you when things started turning on or people started coming to you? Or? You know, I was at a Tommy Hilfiger press event, I think it was, and Stephen Watson, who was actually Anna Winter's assistant at Vogue for like 20 years, he was a New York club kid and doesn't age and always looks cool. Now he's very menswear, I like it, but I heard before I met him, he was into like Devo, things I don't know about. <laughs> and he said, you know, you run your mouth so much about clothes, come work for us. I said, what, us? He's like, yeah, I work at a magazine, Men's Vogue. I <laughs> was like, dude, I'm there tomorrow, but I'm not, I'm not a writer, <laughs> shut up, come join us. Yeah. I interviewed, I sat there looking at all of these beautiful girls in the lobby, I'm like, what am I doing here? I went four to Times Square, right? I studied to become a rabbi, four times square. Yeah. I used to say time scare. I was studying to become a rabbi and I'm in this lobby of Vogue, I was freaking out, yeah. you know? And um, I got the What'd job. What'd you wear to the first day of work? Do you remember? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't, I'm not into it, rigid denim uh -huh. with a very tailored blazer. Uh -huh. um, wingtips that were the Floorsheim wingtip imperial that I had lined inside. I had the insides completely redone. 75 bucks it cost me. The outside completely <laughs> left alone. Beaten to shit, but the insides were like brand new, like Belgian slippers. Excuse me, loafers. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, yeah, I was at Men's Vogue. I was a market editor, web yeah. editor for a quick second because no one was interested in How'd you like in it being on the inside there? Oh, sick. Editors got it good, huh? Well, it was cool because it wasn't about gifts as much as it is now. Even then, it wasn't. But like, you know, like people were at like brands like Caterpillar and and um, Carhartt and Harley Davidson would beg me for desk side appointments yeah. because you wouldn't go see them. I was like, fuck, I'll give you a lot more than a desk side appointment. I'll go to your hotel. I'll do anything. But, <laughs> you know, Men's Vogue was very into like Hugo Boss, Ralph Lauren. I didn't know that. The Xenias. So no matter how much I talked about engineered garments or needles, they were not into it. Yeah. But the good thing from all that, interrupt me at any point, please. I had coffee. Is that, <laughs> is that, um, I would go as a market editor, your job is to bring, you know, to go to market. And that's what I live to do. Even today, a million years later, and I'm not paid for it yet. I go out and I like to bring it in. Yeah. And, you know, I would go to the engineer garments office, the Panthers office. I was the first person to put needles on the web. Really? Yeah. I can say it with so much conviction. The first photographer, the first blogger, the first idiot editor yeah. to go see needles, actually take pictures and put them on. And the good thing was at Men's Vogue, I'd, I would leave every day with all these photos. Yeah. And I switched my blog from like characters on the street to clothing because I'd be at the trade shows. Yeah, I'm the first reporting it. it. Yeah. No one else is. It takes months for a yeah. magazine or anybody else. So I would take all these photos that they would never, never do anything with and put them on the blog. So and that how, was did, a good how did people time respond to that? Me. That was the beginning of the menswear internet. That was probably when uh, the Lawrence Schlossmans of the world were just getting started getting their blog on and beginning to kind of like crack open this whole menswear. They're all style world. They're, I, not to diminish what I do, but I feel like they're all smarter than me. And, and for me, and, and a lot hasn't changed, like an event, a brand will bring me to an event. Excuse me, I wish they would bring me to an Uber or a plane, but I would waltz. <laughs> I take the train. No, brands don't understand. You Ride know. Your bike. If you actually offered me a fucking Uber, I might come to your presentation <laughs> because I'm not a cheap Jew, but like I'm not rich. And for me to leave the house costs money. You know, now we got the nannies, but it's I like know. we're in Greenpoint. Yeah, <clears throat> not in Fort Times Square. We're not in the city yet. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I, I would show up and take a picture, and the brand's confused because I'm putting it on right away. Yeah. The editor next to me might never put it on or might take months to put it on or might pass it to like a Sam Hine and they get it on a little faster because on the internet. But SHP. I think they're really confused with people like me because you, I'm shooting it and I can put it on faster. Yeah. And if Gene can't leave High Snobiety because he's in a big meeting with New Balance kissing yeah. some ass or this one editor's in another meeting with this brand, guess what? 
I'm there, and I put it out. Bad part for me, I'm not getting paid. But you have the independence to kind of, and the nimbleness to just be out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I'm independent. You're prolific as all get out. I mean, there are days when you'll post 30 or 40 photos on your Instagram story. Those are all live, huh? In the you days took when all I'm those... home in pajamas. <laughs> I was going to say. I try to be very live with it, I but always... I have 15,000 photos on here right now. Crazy. Half probably have never been on the internet. So what's your strategy? Give me, like, what's a day in the life? You take the train in, you got a location. You say, I'm feeling uptown today. I'm going to go uptown and see who I find. Well, okay, last night, because, you know, like a, like a real champion, I get the I get the um, schedule the night before um, for my assistant. I mean, my manager, my boss, my wife. And I say, <laughs> look, honey, um, I got to be on the lunch break, on the lunch hour, on the podcast. GQ Style wants me. <laughs> the lunch hour. And she's like, oh, you're not getting paid for that. True story. And I'm like, but I'll it's very lunch. important. No, no free lunch. It's very important for me to to do these type of things, you know, because it leads to other things. You don't know if Adidas in Hamburg or Germany or whatever is going to, or Dynamite in USA is going to be listening and, and want me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm like, this I plan is my day. lots of new opportunities for you. I plan my day. I still don't have that Dover Street sweat uh, hoodie. Uh, Shout out Avi Gold, a friend mm. of the pod. Mm. Um, you can borrow it. Um Happy it's Passover, all my Jews, Avi Gold. <laughs> the, um, I'm glad you went from medium to large in the t-shirts. Big time, yeah. Totally phased out the mediums. So I, I get the schedule the night before, and I plan around it. I said, okay, today I'm going to be a lunch hour at 3. I'll tell my wife 2 so I can get to the house even earlier. <laughs> and, um, and, and I try to like, oh, shit, I'm very last minute. I'm going to Condé Nast. I got a friend at Vogue. Let me see if she's there. Not because I want work, even though I really do, but more just to say hi. I love people. There's nothing wrong with wanting work. No, but like I, I'm very reactionary. I'll see that like Daniel Arnold went to like every single corp, you know, f- uh, the, 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 all the big events, whatever. I'm not complaining because I went to the Grateful Dead. Dad didn't go, but yeah, you did. But I want to look at a calendar with somebody. I need a manager. If there's anyone out there, I need a boss, someone to look at. Say like these are all the events for the next year. Where should you be? Because I wake up in the morning, I'm like, all I got today is this show. I want to go to my jeweler and fix a ring. If I have time, <laughs> I'll do that. And then you're just pounding the pavement. Yeah, is this live? Can I tell people to come to my birthday party tonight? No. Oh, okay. Birthday p- painkillers tonight. Yeah, we, well, we are going to well, be having beverage. pain. We're going to be having painkillers for Mordecai's birthday tonight. Mm-hmm. Mordecai. I love a pina colada, and I love a painkiller. And if you haven't drink, those of you out there who don't know, Mordecai recently went to Mexico for a couple nights of Dead and Co. <laughs> Three or four, and he. F- found all <laughs> we're doing a wardrobe change here <laughs> we found uh and he shot he shot some of the characters there and it was pretty amazing oh god what was thanks. that like thank you so much guys i can't even tell you man i got the bug why is I'm everyone like why is this the thing right now why is everyone into this style this kind of dad dude, grateful yeah. dead style dude i'm so you and guilty. i are in our own league here when we, yes. we've got a real reason to yeah. we got little ones at home now yeah they're best friends we're neighbors I'm so fortunate. And, you know, the dad style thing comes on naturally, but then you see suddenly Grateful Dead is back in the mix and all this kind of normcore sort of morphed into this kind of new wave dad style streetwear thing. Come on, you're the king of no it. No air you're horns. The, Can we get the, some gun you're the leader. Um, Mordecai's putting finger guns in We his talk head. so much, we don't even need all those drops. I listen to Hot 97 when I get... Sam's that. got sound effects. If you need lasers, just say, no, Sam, heard, hit the lasers. I heard the... Um, <laughs> Whatever, like on the last one. But I'm saying we talk so much we don't need the sound effects. But this morning on Hot 97, they had a good one. They had a drop from uh, Khaled. That, I don't know if it's real or not. That's I think that's a sign of good radio. Um, 
Yeah, oh, this style, this fashion. But I'm guilty of it because I, I like to listen, listen to what the kids listen to. I like to, you know, now that I'm a dad, I'm like, okay, maybe it's not about high-waisted and baggy. Maybe I should go slim again, even though I'm not ready for it. But the Dead & Co. have given me a bug to the plug and back. I'm so thankful to, for you guys for sending me to a place like that. To, I'm 42. I never, I, not only did I never listen to The Grateful Dead, I blew it off as smelly, dirty, Fifty people <laughs> for years, dude. A rabbi. It's because you were so downtown. You were like, in these oh, streets. Fuck that. So, you know? what is the thing though? Is it is it the fact that these guys they don't even know that they've got the juice? Big part is of it. Is that what it is? Big part of it. It's got to be. You know, but but going to there and seeing because there's nothing more deadly than someone who's try who tried hard and looks like they tried hard and yeah. and and, they, and it shows and they know they did. I don't care if Grateful Dead's collaborating with Gap, Urban Outfitters. Or Acme Fish in Brooklyn, I still think it's cool, you know. Um, the and authenticity is very real. It is. It really, really is. You know, for me, I want to say I'm, you know, I got people DMing me now, like, yo, my father just passed away, and he had this Grateful Dead belt for 50 years. Can I send it to you? What's your address? Oh true my story. God, really? Yeah, true story. I'm so fortunate to get messages like this a lot, often, not about people passing, but people wanting to give me things. And I say, like, I'm not worthy. Like, this should go to a real fan. People trust you. And people are like, no, it should go to any fan. They're all real. And the quotes that people have that are all lyrics are so endearing. This community is so cool. And so, you know, I'm in people's faces with cameras all day. And I always ask permission for the record. Always ask permission. And how's it go, typically? Oh, I like that you asked. Uh, there's no typical, but on the street, it's, it's a, you know, the movement of a trench. If I'm seeing the inside, whether it's a Nova Platte from Burberry or a fake or a polka dot, I... I, I'm trying to switch it up, but I have a hard time. I'm drawn straight to the item, and I say, um, "I love that. That looks like Range Rover. Can I please take a photo of your of your uh, sweatshirt?" Yeah. And I'm so afraid, intimidated, that they're going to say no. That even I even after all these years. Yep, it doesn't change, and uh, that I get really scared. But it's the same. I'm trying to switch it up now to ask. Can I take your picture and then explain why? I also never save a blog. Why? I think that I that's never the right strategy. Because I think if you tell someone that you like something very specific, it shifts their attention to that thing and not to the, their right. image. If you're you right. uh, if you say I want you to take your photo, then suddenly they get self conscious. If you say I love the, the, your trench, then they just think about the trench. Maybe but when I people don't know. walk with me, uh, and if you want, not you because you're not that bored, but if anybody out there wants to take a walk with me. I'm doing a podcast with no headphones, nothing. Just walk and talk with me. Anytime you want, I'm available. Highly recommend Don't that tell experience. My wife. But DM Mordecai Rubenstein on, uh, and uh, at yeah, Mr. Mordecai. Either Mordecai.Rubenstein or Mr. Mord. I got the personal. But um, tell, him he want, tell him you want to take a walk. Seriously. Rather than say you want to pick my brain, don't ever say you want to <laughs> pick my brain. That cost freaking money. And don't ask if you want to get a drink. No, no. Let's I don't want a coffee a and I don't want a drink. Take a walk. <laughs> Who has time to sit? Who has time to sit for a coffee? Yeah. Seriously. You only have so many days on this earth to see, to see what's out there. My daughter's six months. In six months, she's almost walking. And yeah. you want me to sit for coffee? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the typical I'll ask. But you're right. If I bring it back to the close, which I always do, I rarely get no. And you know, yesterday I saw a guy with a tattered bucket hat. It must have been a, a, a wool plaid bucket hat. And the trim around the edge was so worn and torn. I have a hashtag called worn in, not worn out. 
He had glasses that were like the Jinji Jimji climbing glasses with the sides of leather yeah, yeah, yeah. on the side. And I took a bunch of photos of him walking towards me before asking, which is a good strategy. Uh-huh. And then they suck. But then I ask and he said, no, thank you. And it's so polite when people say, no, thank you. I'm yeah. like, what are you thanking me for? But when I do, you know, years ago, I took a picture of a guy on Madison Avenue in lemon yellow, iced lemon yellow, wide well corduroys with a camel hair overcoat with Hogan's. Hogan's were a shoe that was white. It was like prima fisto trendy yep. that you cleaned with milk, I believe. Oh my God. Yes. Really? I yes. never knew that. Yes. Hogan was like the super Euro rich sto- um, um, brand that they wore with Widewell Corduroys, the Euros, yep. until Hilfiger or somebody did that similar H. You put the and H you on couldn't it. tell the difference. But Hogan were sick, dude. Yeah, they, you still I see Europeans, like Swiss people and yeah, stuff, you see yeah, wearing them. Yeah. They wear the Warachuktik parka yeah. with fitted, um, you know, uh, Widewell cords with a deep, deep New York two and three quarter inch cuff yeah. with either fancy desert boots, Timberlands, which is so cute and funny, yeah. or um, or right. Hogan's. Yeah. And and all the whole family does the same thing. Now the kids got off white. But the- um, let's, Hold on, let's pause there for a second. Yeah, bye Rex. I want to, uh, you're, you're one of the people who's seen the scene evolve year after year to, up to now when we have the, the clout corridor today where the kids are out there at Palace and Supreme and Off-White lining up. And I just, is it, I always thought, it's it's the same now. It's always been this way. There's always kids that are hyped up on something, and whether they're waiting for the staple pigeon dunks or they're waiting for the next off-white Nike, whatever it is, this has always been part of the youth, part of the culture. It's always there, and if you kind of wag your finger at it, if you get, like, old man, get off my lawn about it, you know, you're missing the point. The kids are always going to be attracted to these True. things that have the heat, and that's what it is, and call them fuckboys or hype beasts or whatever, but... It's I to me. It's like let the kids have their fun. It's charming and, and cute in a way. Yep. You never know. But what there's a lot you. of. I feel like maybe it's the internet, or maybe it's just just uh, the people I'm following, or whatever it is. But sometimes there's this like hostility directed towards it that I feel like is sort of off-putting. But. You've been around long enough to see it come and go. I feel like I keep painting you as this like old man. The I old, know. The old guru. For the record, I'm turning 43 <laughs> this weekend. The rabbi, 90. the 90-year-old rabbi is here, and he's going to shed some Half light. a rabbi, never finished He's going to shed some light on the uh, the real, the truth of the New York streetwear scene. But come on, give me your take. I got it. No, gotta I, you, I don't even know where to down. begin. But, you know, I read a GQ, <laughs> it's funny. I read an interview uh, when those Vapor Max came out that you talked about in the last episode. Um, the I'm mock. wearing them right now. I have a question about that, actually. Yeah. Is the term is the 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 mock is that what makes it new? Because the vapor max it was already had laces, but the word mock is what made it new. I guess as a style. Forget the fabric or the design or yeah, that's uh, correct. Not, no, 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 design, no. There I mean were slip-ons before. There it were was mocks a mock before. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. So I'm not the biggest sneakerhead. It's funny. I was in Complex magazine and it, and it said Mordechai Rubenstein uh, 22 sneakerhead. And I laugh about it all the time. I might have had hundreds of sneakers. I might have even had the uh, Stussy or Union 180s, but hell knows. I know. I mean, I still got some Jordan 1s on, on ice, but I'm not a sneakerhead. Sounds like Mordecai's a sneakerhead. Hell no. So my, in my parents' apartment in Crown Heights, I still have some sneaker boxes. Um, not filled with cash. The, um, <laughs> so, you know, I read this interview. I got a pair. I got those shoes. I'm just going to say it. I got them from the man, John Mayer. Yeah, it's Thank your homie. you. Big homie. And, and thanks to GQ Friend of the for, for introducing me. Um, to Dead and Co. So he, um, w- I wanted to learn about the shoe a little bit. So I, I, G- I Googled the shoe and I read the GQ article about it. And he said something, I wish I can quote it exactly, but he said something like, you know, when you make something or when you wear something, or when you buy something, it, I, not if you like it right away, there's a problem, but there's something cool about 
waiting and seeing if you if it grows on you kind of thing and he said it in a much much better way but but what he said was that people today something like this like it's so easy to hate it's so easy when something comes out and all the like comments are like negative 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 and what he said about it is that when someone doesn't like something excuse me when someone doesn't understand something or know something they don't know what to do but hate yeah, and I'm not. Don't quote me on quoting him, but it was something like that. And I said, "That's so true. It's so true." And I and 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 I didn't like the shoes the second they came out of the box. This is my sugar. I'm gonna wear Volt and black <laughs> and white. Is the black and white trying to be Native American? If that's the case, I could relate. But give me some colors. Native American blankets weren't typically black and white, you know. But I love the way the video was shot, and I like that it's a hype shoe. And I'm 16, so I want the hype with that the kids want. And you know, you're one of a hundred, so you want that too. <laughs> I, I was number 10. So you're advocating for an approach that's kind of like, don't jump, don't, hating is too easy. It is, and I need to learn on that. People, you know, I was quoted in something recently as like the curmudgeon of fashion or something like that. And, yeah, you and got a little bit of vitriol. That was Sam's fault. And, and, wow. and Sam I got called very, you a curmudgeon? Something like that. And, and I got... Well, Mordecai's opinion, you're opinionated. I'm highly and, opinionated and I'm full of love. And you're unfiltered. And I had unfiltered <laughs> and I had a great conversation with Sam. And the minute it came out or right before I called him and, and it, you know, we, I had such a great conversation with Sam and I fucking love the guy yeah. and I wouldn't be in this room. No, I would be in this room uh, even if I didn't, but I wouldn't say that. And we had such a great conversation too. about it. He is a good looking guy. We, but we had such a great conversation about it. And I couldn't be mad at him. And, it, you know, each time I'm interviewed, and it's not all the time, I have to learn to shut your fucking mouth and be nice, be nice, be nice. And people on the Internet are like, oh, you're a hater, you're a hater. But, you know, I covered Department of Sanitation first for the city of New York. So you could love Heron, and I don't care that he's from San Francisco. I'm just jealous, straight up, that he <laughs> de- collaborated with Department of Sanitation and I didn't. I'm not hating on him. Good for you. Good yeah. for him. But know where it comes from. No, you know, some people are like, oh wow, you inspired Heron. That's true. That's true. Other people could have too. New Yorkers turned me on to it. But I have to learn to love more. And I'll say that a million different ways. But uh, I'm not a hater. I'm really not. I don't know what the question was that got us. You're here. Uh, you're full of positivity. I, some look, of it is the some of it is is the is the format. You know, Twitter sort of lends itself to a certain kind of. Uh, so when I, I said the web, and then I'm going to put positive on the web, and I'm going to put negative on Twitter. I'm going to really speak my mind on Twitter. Yeah. Then Jack Dorsey well, started following me. Yep, dropping names. Yeah. And <laughs> and I was like, I got to be nice because I don't want to lose that. He's like a big dog. Yeah. You know. But I realized that while he was wearing all black, it was Rick Owens, and he let me speak my mind more than anybody at his level. So whatever. I'm the, yeah, I stood up because this is an XL, but it's a vintage XL that fits like a double. Yeah. And <laughs> and um, I forgot where we were going with this. Speak the mind negative. I want to hate on fit, positivity. Yeah. Um, fit, something about, when I say fit, I mean the fit of garments, how, how this is big. And the kids are wearing such slim, slim, slim shit. And, and, and I don't know where we were going. How much do you get mad about what kids are wearing? So mad. (laughs) But when I was in Crown Heights, Hasidic community and hardcore, you know, Rasti, Rastas, you know, Trinidad, West Indies. And that's my upbringing in Crown Heights. And I love it so much because I had Hasidic Jews teaching me one thing and my friends next door teaching me something else. And I learned a lot from them. But one thing, these kids, when A-Life was opening, I would take them on the on the ACE from Crown Heights to A-Life. These kids never left the neighborhood. They didn't go to Manhattan. They didn't go to the Lower East Side. 
And then you mean years the Hasidic later, kids you were raised no, with? The, no, the neighbor, no, your neighbors. no. My black neighbors yeah. never left the neighborhood. They yeah. didn't go to, to Lower East. Right? But then they started going to A-Life. Yeah. And I, not all because of me, but I realized that they started wearing slim, tight jeans and riding BMX bikes on Eastern Parkway. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so mad. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, rappers now, started dressing it. that way. That's you it. You know, Lil Wayne That's or Pharrell or yep. whoever else came out. And I can't stand it. Like The kids today, the rappers are wearing tight, tight jeans that show off the stack money and the thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got... But I, these things come and go. Don't you think it's good that one comes in and then gets phased out and the next... Do you, do you like to see... You, you want consistency. <laughs> um, you know what? Somebody said to me, wait, you want everything to dance like you? Yeah. And I had a major look at yourself moment. Because <laughs> I, I don't. When they zig, I zag. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to like, not come in this morning and Noah's got an exposed zipper. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, and, and, and I didn't say anything. I just looked yeah, at you it. Did. Oh, I did? I, and, and, needle- I'm wearing my needles you know BDUs. They're not actually it exposed. Is- it's just center, female crotch-like. The, zip, the zipper doesn't have a proper uh, like placket over it. He said proper. I didn't. And then the funny thing is, I thought I didn't say it. Noah, on the other hand, not as slim. Excuse me, Sam Slim Hine. Um, yeah, after the last episode, he's not Sam anymore. It's Slim Hine. <laughs> um, even though he cut, he's not so long. It's, it's Sam's build though a little bit that lends itself. I mean, come it on, really he does. looks fantastic it, it, in ab- these absolutely. size twenty eight trousers. But, but these twenty eight trousers with a twenty seven point five inseam yeah. that could be twenty eight and a half, but they're not cropped because he wears a Chelsea boot and yeah. does it right. <laughs> he's not showing ankle and sock. Yeah, um, ankle or sock. I said, aren't as slim as he normally does. But as we walked out of the elevator and I was behind him, you know, elevator etiquette, they're supposed to go in first, last, I, I don't know, whatever. I stared <laughs> at his tuchus and I said, and, and at the actual tuchus, but his trousers, his butt. And I said to Noah, are these women's pants? Because there's no back pockets. Sam, are you wearing women's pants? Suppo- there are back supreme. pockets, but they're worn so high. Yeah, they I were didn't just covered. Respect. I changed my tune. Wow, I Mordecai out here throwing shade, Supreme accusing making, Sam of wearing women's pants. Not accusing, questioning. Questioning. And I often questioning do. Questioning the pant. Like, to quote Will last season, last collection, last episode, he yeah. said something about, I've got, I've got, I've got questions yeah. on, 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 right. we won't mention it logo. Not definitive answers. I like that about Will. I've been hugely influenced by Mordecai and others recently with my my slogan is colorful new clothes you're you're more of a colorful vintage clothes kind of guy cnc but you colorful know new clothes uh, that's all i want I'm, I'm wearing gray and green today so i grew not, up on not a all hand-me-downs from rich neighbors mm-hmm. which taught me a lot about secondhand and then um i went my, the first stores i went shopping at were like marshall's tj maxx ross super discounted stores when i like earned money shoe shining when i was 14 15 and um I don't know what my point is. And then later on, uh, when I started wearing color, I got super into vintage. I was so 70s when I first took my... I never took my yarmulke off. When I first started going like clubbing, I was a big like New York club kid. I would go to Palladium, yeah. Limelight. And, um, and what, what were you wearing? You'd go to vintage oh, stores and get ooh. like... like Yo, yo, suits? yo, I'll start with the bottom oh. because everything's built around footwear. Uh-huh. White patent leather loafers square but not today's square yeah, but like heel? pure cardan little cuban heel sometimes it, yeah. with brown polyester trousers Amazing. unfinished <laughs> but they weren't hacked off like the kids are fucking doing today like yeah. i think i was one of the first but they when a trouser comes unfinished 
because yeah, it, yeah, it's supposed it. to be hemmed. Yeah. It has that jagged hem, yeah, yeah. which is the coolest thing yeah. to leave unfinished. What were you? Where were you getting this Disco from? shirts up were top. Were you going to the East Village and going to those thrift stores? Or Every what was single the... one of them. 8th Street, 9th Street, yeah. 10th Street. Those Japanese thrift stores were yep, the best. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And... Um, and there was a store on Lafayette did, did called friends, Center for the Dull. Did you have friends that were into it and you guys would vibe off each other? No, were you just no. Kind of so, I was on a solo. solo mission? Yeah, very much alone. Very much alone. <laughs> I find it hard to believe you're incredibly social and you know everybody. You can't walk down the street with Mordecai without saying hi to three people. Yeah, but I was with Hasidic Jewish kids that were coming out too at the same time and they were not caring about clothes. They cared about drugs and they cared about music. Yeah. And I just wanted to hear Junior Vasquez and look at myself. <laughs> I had two older sisters, didn't learn from them about fashion, even though we borrowed each other's sweaters. But I don't know where it comes from, you know? But I'm so thankful to, to you know, care about people as much as I care about clothes. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, what, you're into color, CNC, new clothes. Yeah, I went through the last couple of years, I was like, no more vintage. I don't want secondhand hats, disgusting. Secondhand shoes, really disgusting. But I'm not going to lie, I just bought some Grateful Dead hats. Don't, <laughs> tell, don't tell my wife. Ball caps? Ball, what kind of hats? I'm not telling you, but I'm going to put them in the washing machine. All I right. might, which might fuck them up, but I like a janky, a janky fit, you know. Yeah, that's the whole thing I'm trying to avoid. So you're definitely a machine dryer kind of guy. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I want like a new era made in Buffalo six and seven eighths, and I either want to wear it in the shower, wash it in the machine to yeah. give it the broken in ball player look. Yeah. You don't want to fit it like that, but you like a flat brim five panel Supreme to stay nice. I don't want any. Flat I'm definitely brims. putting it in the dryer. No, no flat brims. Careful. Be, uh, um, hats are a different story. You can't have a fresh hat. A crispy hat looks weird. Noah skates. I'm jealous. Um, what what is your what is your sort? What are your primary sources of knowledge? <sighs> eBay, Etsy. Oh, uh, sources of knowledge. People, man, old men talking to people. Yeah, dude. That's what people don't do anymore. That's why you know everything. Everybody else knows all I the know same nothing. stuff, and you know all the other stuff. Yeah, but they know the Johns. I don't know what a John is. <laughs> J A W N. What never, the fuck is a John? It's a. Uh, it's any, a word Lawrence started. No, but it's uh It relates to. It's very much like the grilled community term of choice for you know. Johns. For the new joint. Yeah. But they have one every hour, right? A John. I mean, Jake Wolf is in the elevator with me <laughs> on the way up here. He must have a new John every hour. <laughs> Jake Wolf probably has hourly Johns. Yes. But they're not committed to it. No, nah, no commitment. Zero commitment. Quick over, you know. It's amazing. I'm not learning everything very, about the Grateful Dead before as I buy this T-shirt. Very quick I, turnover rates. I want to. Very quick turnover rates. Man, people got to take the headphones off and the blinders off. We're going to do 13 vibes in a minute, but let's, fuck it, let's do 13 vibes. Let's do 13 vibes. 13 vibes. Mordecai, 13 vibes is our not-so-fast lightning round where we just. I feel like I'm so scared. I'm so on the spot. It's scary. I. It's terrifying. You know how you said you get nervous when you ask a guy to take a photo? Every time I get in the podcast studio, Bullshit. I'm incredibly nervous. You're such nervous. a pro. I heard you in the Super last nervous. show. Super um, the, the blossoms came out of nowhere which and the, everywhere for you. What? Because it's true. Like I look at your stories and I see, yeah, the dude just bought a branch and it's blossoming. The cherry blossom branch. But if you listen to the podcast, it's backwards because maybe the podcast came after or yeah. before, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. It's a true story. I could tell you that I'm really into purple right now. I've been and ripping off your purple steez so hard. Everything I buy now. See, is Noah's honest. I fucking love that. Or like about a the lavender. Guy. Some people are so wussy pussy in this world. Hey, you got the Arcteryx jacket. I can't get the Arcteryx jacket now. Why? Why can't we look the fucking same? Why? Uh, no, but I'm afraid to say what I'm into 
This is like the internet. Another thing I learned from Mel. You want to charge Mayer. people for this? Yeah, because John Mayer, he he's got millions of followers, and he posts at LL Bean. I'm afraid to mention them because I don't want to put people on. Who cares? Put them on. <laughs> put them on. Put them all on. You know, I'll put them all on at once, like you did with your T-shirts as a kid. I corporate lunch is a safe space. This is a community of friends. Everyone here, oh, no everyone, one everyone listening, <laughs> everyone listening is a friend. This is just between us, right? This here. is just between us. You can say whatever you want. Kick us off. Give me a vibe. So, do we each give thirteen? No. Baruch Hashem. Thank God. We'll just uh, we'll stop when we get to thirteen, and uh, Sam will keep count. I'm gonna go, and if I talk too much, cut me off again. But like, I'm gonna go with color because some say spring is I just read this spring is a wonderful time in New York because it's back to color bullshit yeah. I like color in the winter because everyone's in black gray dreary yeah I agree but definitely a time for color Easter Passover is a time that's such a lie Easter <laughs> is such a time for color but it makes me feel not weird again I, I don't know what I'm talking about color we'll just all start color. with color yeah all color huge fan of color wait do you have a list I no I have a few things written down <laughs> you didn't no. write anything down no but that's okay you got it in your head you're an encyclopedia too much in my you're, head you're sharp all right, the first vibe is a layup. I know Mordecai's down with this one. It's ice cream. Sam, did I ever do ice cream as a vibe? The little thing people don't know about me, I eat ice cream every night. Oh, my God. Lactose intolerant. I fucking love <laughs> ice cream. I could eat it by the pint. Best flavor going right now, Van Leeuwen honeycomb. You have that one? Yo, what a lot of people don't know is Van Leeuwen is known for their vegan ice cream. What a lot of people don't know is it's, it's like better than normal ice cream. Really? Well... For those, of, for those who need it. My tuchus hurts so much, <laughs> I can't even tell you. <laughs> All right. Lactate makes ice cream, but I don't know how good it is. What do you got? Well, for an ice cream flavor? No, next Oh, vibe. we flip it. Um, next vibe, cartel. Wait, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Blueberry, but only if it's real Maine You gotta go to Maine, yeah, of course. Yeah, Noah's a fellow Mainer. We vacation in Maine. <laughs> um, favorite ice cream, it's really, it's really strawberry. Wow. Yeah, love. Unexpected, colorful. What's your next vibe? Upsize. Upsize, definitely. It's summer. What do you want to be in your tight fit? How how but how do you know how far to upsize? This is a good question. I buy stuff so big, and my wife laughs so hard that doesn't fit you. Doesn't fit you. <laughs> I want everything in two, three sizes: medium, which is my true size, small point five. Yeah. And then medium, <laughs> medium for like for like the days when you want to look trim and normal. Because I have a little bit of a belly. I don't go to the gym, but I'm 42 and length, thankfully stay at 147. And so sometimes large you're still put, when I thug it out. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is th I thug it out today's more, thugs are in tight. How do they even get a gun in the waistband? <laughs> have you watched Shy? No. Oh, gotta see that show. Um, no free ads. I do the same thing. Size up, and then uh, you size up to a point, and then you're like, oh, man, did I go too far? But you, you gotta get, get everything in the three sizes. You ever get something tailored down? Did you tailor? Never, never. I want to tell you guys, kids, girls, stop tailoring your denim. If you have to hack it off, do it. Stop it. You know, they reattach the denim. They reattach the yeah, hem. Don't do sucks. it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Stop buying vintage T-shirts and yeah. taking them in. You just took down the value and... Oh, just compromise stop tailoring. The and today's tailors suck. They'll tell you they want the money too. Of course, they're going to tell you to take it in. Yeah. All right, upsize. Next vibe. This one comes from our friends. At Actually, Sam, you're going to have to edit that out. We can't. We can't name drop that that spot. But uh, top secret location on Manhattan Avenue. Anyway, um, I'm a big incense guy. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes I thought maybe it's bad for the baby, but I, I don't think it is. She doesn't sit too too close to it. But I got some fancy incense. But I will tell you. There's nothing like Nag Champa. 
It's so funny. I thought you were going to go Kumba and all the blah, 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 I love the Kumba. I got the Kumbas. Nag Champa, when I think Brooklyn, I think Utica Avenue. When I think Utica Avenue, I think Nag Champa. wafting down the street. It's the blue box. Agree. It's just like a classic. The blue and red, the paper, the the plastic. Yeah. Agreed. It's two bucks for a little box of them. And I'm back to it. I've got like I've got all the designer incense. I got a drawer full of it, and I'm just running the. You have a very right cool incense holder. I've not seen your new apartment, but I've seen social yeah. media. I'm not like trying I got to pry an in. Insane. I need that porcelain chamber. Well, this is why it happened because I got this porcelain incense chamber that's just bananas. It's like a, a skull with a um, owl sitting on top of it, perched on a pile of books, and uh, it's I very need, hype. I needed I, like it. I needed cones, so I got Nog Champa cones because all I had was sticks. Give me yeah, a vibe. And, uh, yeah, yeah, fuck the internet because Kumba was so cool you could never find the store. And all of a sudden, when I was there, whatever, it doesn't matter. And now all of a sudden, they're collaborating with everyone and their mother. Yeah. Stop the collaboration. You still can't buy it in New York, though, can you? Can you uh, buy no Kumba? Comment. No comment. You got spots? No comment. We'll talk offline. Yeah. All right, give me a vibe. I mean, if it's not at Dover Street Market, I'd be surprised. When I heard about the vibe thing this morning, I wanted to say, can we do the opposite, you know? But I don't want to be negative. It's no, so easy to be like, yeah, man. positivity. I know, this I have a hard time. I'm like, stop, This is a friendly killer. space. This is episode 26 of Corporate Lunch. We've done 13 vibes 26 times, and we do nothing but drop knowledge, spread positivity, and just share the gems. Um, um, for the next vibe, I'm going to say, <clears throat> go, go hard in the paint. Yeah. What does that mean? I didn't really know, and yeah. then I found out that it's about basketball. Yeah, but I think of it as a rap lyric or something. Just go hard. Everything you do, just just go go hard with it. You know, go all the way. Don't stop midway. This is like so on brand for corporate lunch. Is it? Yeah, man. We don't fuck around. Positivity. There's no beaters here. No. This is only Johns. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm gonna shout out a vibe. Um, this is what. Okay, I got nothing. I got my next vibe. All right. This is this is a vibe. This is kind of a test vibe. Go Shabrubchinsky. Thank God I saw the Instagram that they're done. <laughs> oh, come on. Wait, no, 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 no. <clears throat> I, I want to shut up, but it's okay when it's one or two pieces. It's the next next vitamins or whatever because it's across everything. And today it's it's dynam dynamite, you know, microphones they're collaborating with. Tomorrow it's Adidas, then it's Nike, then it's this. You Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> That's the drop we need here. I like I, I, I back Gosharubchinsky. I think that uh he built an incredible business, a weird Russian guy based on like his sort of he might be a little bit of a vulture, but he sort of put some things together, created something that felt unique, built a movement around it, built a ton of energy, uh activated not only like the high fashion world but the hype world. I think it's no, very cool. I what give he that did. you were absolutely right. Uh, about all got of that. absorbed his whole business was absorbed by, you know, the Comme des Garcons Empire and Dover Street Market and Problem all that. number one. I, I think um that's kind of amazing. I'm psyched to see what he does next. I, I don't well, I think that the pressure for these designers to create collections and runway shows is odd. I think Gozerubchinsky never needed to be a agreed. runway des collection designer. That's what that's why I think it's cool that the announcement was also on Instagram and also like a screenshot, whatever of saying like you know, we're done as you know it. Yeah. We'll do something new. Because he's trying to beat that bad press of vitamins or whatever they say of like, yeah. okay, you're done. Which that I, re I respect the fuck out Get of him. Get out ahead for of that. And on that rap song, Ghost Rubchinsky's the one of the was one of the best tracks. What rap song? Come on. What Stop. song? I don't know. Stop. What uh, rap uh, song? Okay, you'll hear it We'll after. play it later. Gosha, Gosha yeah. Rubchinsky. There's like a Russian <laughs> rap song. I never heard You're it. lying. <laughs> you're lying. Can you sing more of it? Does Jake Wolf wear it? I don't know. He might have some. You don't know because he can't read it. He <laughs> might have. Um, but I want to celebrate Ghost Rubchinsky. I'm okay. down. I know he's got a lot of haters, but uh, a shout out to uh, Ghost Rubchinsky, potential friend of the pod. Who knows?
Yeah. No, I'm I'm big on what's next. Let's yeah. let's see that. Um, Give me a vibe. Seasonally appropriate, and what I mean by that is is like I'm wearing a wool beret today. Yeah. Well, it's it's winter like temperatures and it's rain. What a lot of people don't know about a wool beret, it's meant for the rain. Yes, it's wool. Your mother might have told you it's going to shrink. Your mother might have told you it'll smell. It might, <laughs> might your mother might have told you it'll itch. It's yeah. all true. Yeah. But with a beret, it's very factual, and it's supposed to get wet. And there's certain things when it becomes 50 degrees, or the the Lord says it's spring, or fashion calendar says don't wear white, whatever. They, you know, there's rules. You got to know the rules, and when then you can break them. And there's certain things that you carry over to the next season. There's yeah. certain things you don't. When it's 60 degrees, you don't need your Supreme Gore-Tex puffer. Wow, you heard it. Put it away. Yeah, know when to put it away. It's a big vibe. Hit me up on the DM. We could talk for days. This is episode 26 of Corporate Lunch. I'm here with Mordecai Rubenstein in the Content Tower creating premium men's fashion content. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple and elsewhere. DM Sam Hine. Tell him how good his hair looks today. So good. Um, write a review. Uh, tell a friend. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming in, Mordecai. Happy holidays. And enjoy spring. Thanks so much for having me.